1: For the third straight hole, that was on track to drop, and it came up inches shy. Still, he's got the all-time 18-hole round at Pebble Beach. 60 for Wyndham Clark.
0: Happened over the weekend, that tournament is over the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Wyndham Clark, a 60, he had an eagle putt for a 59. He could have had one stroke dropped on...
1: 16, 17, and 18 to get to that 59, but ultimately falls short. I was kind of hoping that that guy shouting in the hole that was a clip of Brady's uh top drive and yeah. someone shouting in the hole right after that because that would have been perfect. <laughs> Jeremy and Joe,
0: good morning. Brian Coziel joins us on the Western Hotline as we chat uh, a little bit about that event, and uh, you know, we welcome the Sabres back as well. Brian, good morning,
2: gentlemen. Good so, morning. Happy Monday.
0: Happy Monday. So the weather ultimately cancels the uh, final round of the Pebble Beach Pro. How often does that really happen in, in golf where they flat out just call the event after three rounds?
2: Very rare. Uh, it's been quite a few years since that's happened. Um, what usually happens is that, you know, that at some point they're either able to start the final round or maybe there's weather over the course of the previous three days that they're able to anticipate this and, you know, push tee times up, but to just never be able to start the final round, it's pretty rare. And then, you know, most of the time, if it, if it does get to the point where a day ends up getting canceled, it just happened to be Sunday on this one. Um, they always finish it on Monday, but um, to be able to not have the weather or the course conditions to be able to do it again on a Monday, uh, that's very, very rare. And Because no one really started their final round, I think that's what also made this decision a little easier to swallow. if some of these players had started their fourth round and maybe gotten ahead of Wyndham Clark or um, you know some of these other players maybe had the potential to maybe look like hey they were on their way to possibly having a chance to win, uh, I think that would have made the decision tougher. It could have brought them back for a Tuesday finish. They have had that done in the past, but again that has also been done when most some or some of the final round has been completed already. Uh, this just, you know, it hadn't even teed off at anybody at all. So that's what I think made the decision a little easier.
0: Joe's got to be disappointed because, you know, as someone that likes to play in the wind and the elements, Joe, I, I uh, know uh, there were downed trees from what I heard. So mm-hmm. you had the, the surf. Uh, There's some video just crashing over the 18th fairway. It looked like it was uh, uh, actually dangerous to be standing out there.
2: Hey, I saw some pictures of just that whole Monterey Bay area where there were trees down and, you know, limbs everywhere, and the the tents and some of the area around the course where the setup was, like, they were – it looked pretty extensively in terms of damage. And, you know, everybody has to remember, too, it's not just physically hitting the golf ball. I know it might have made some fun TV to see guys hit the ball with what the wind was doing, but remember there are – you know, you have to have – I I guess – in some sense, I'll compare it to why the Bills game was canceled. It's not just physically about playing football when it was, or when it was postponed. It's about, you know, it's not physically just about hitting a golf ball. There's other logistics that go into event. Uh, you know, there's volunteers, there's staffing, um, you need marshals, you need other, you know, you need scoring, um, you need medical personnel, all these sort of things that go with it. The caddies, their trainers, all these people that have to get to the course. so... Um, there's more that just goes into it. And because the tra- there was a travel advisory in the area, or I think even a travel ban at some point for driving, uh, I think that was all that went into that decision.
0: Brian Coziel on the Western Hotline. So, Brian, let's talk about, I mean, the event itself. I mean, Wyndham Clark ends up with a win with that, that 60, that incredible round. And Josh Allen and Tom Brady made a lot of, you know, headlines, whatever. Allen out there said he rather would not be there, but... Um, you know, another nice showing for him and his partner, Keith Mitchell.
2: Yeah, out of all the amateurs, he ends up tying for sixth. So pretty good performance for him. And he seemed to be kind of soaking it in like he normally does. I think Allen is still uh, in that initial, you know, still in that phase of just, wow, you know, I you know can't believe I'm playing pebble beach. We know that he loves golf probably just as much as anything after football. Um, so for him to be there and perform like that afterwards, uh, when they interviewed him, the amateurs only played Thursday, Friday this year. Some, you know, in years past they had played longer, but uh, this year they just cut it short. Thursday, Friday. It's a, because of the elevated event status; uh, they wanted to attract it to be a little bit more serious of golf on the weekend. So, Allen was done on Friday and was asked about, you know, his round and everything, and he said this is the first time he beat Tom Brady and everything and anything, and he lost in the match with Brady and um, also on the football field a few times, even that epic game down in Tampa where the Bills end up losing in overtime. Uh, You know, he said, he's like, I really haven't gotten a chance to beat Brady that often. So he said that felt a little extra good to have him in his group. And I think probably for as much as fans might have seen highlights of Josh Allen over the weekend and maybe saw some good stuff, probably the highlight that they enjoyed the most is seeing tom brady top the ball off of one of the yep. shots it went what i'm sure both of you saw that oh was, yes. five feet 10, <laughs> 10, ten feet yeah ten feet off the tee It just a, a total top of the ball something that we've all done that was a pretty funny moment to see
0: i yeah. have put up a full storyboard a series of storyboard <laughs> photos in my living room of brady doing that it's uh <laughs> tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone
2: Deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, too too more, too more. More, too you deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: A relatable moment. That's one thing, Brian. You know, you, you play golf and you're a pretty good golfer. There's a little bit of reaction that brady who's an eight handicap well an eight handicap wouldn't do that which i dispute i think there's nothing about that shot that topping the ball so badly reveals that he's in he's lying about how good of a golfer he is that happens to some really good golfers from
2: time to time i agree i mean you know it's it's a rarity that we see the pga tour players shank a shot but it happens from time to time so for an eight handicap i don't think that's anything out of the realm i mean obviously he didn't want to have it happen there that was a tough spot for brady which uh, none of us feel bad about but yeah i think that happens for sure i mean i think everybody can shank a shot at any point especially if you're not a regular player brady obviously is not a professional golfer so um that can happen i i don't think that eight handicap just from watching brady and, and watching him play a few other times in the past and other celebrity things i don't think that number is way off in any sense i think he's a pretty good even the time that we watched him play head-to-hand with Allen in the match was it two years ago maybe or a year yeah. and a half ago i don't i don't think that number is quite off i thought he played i thought he was actually the best golfer of the group i think in that one would he i think rogers was in it too right yeah yep. I mean, these guys these guys are all pretty good players i mean to be a single digit handicap you're mm. a good player but you're also capable of doing what he did there which is topping the ball and that's why we're that's why he and all of us are not pros that can happen.
0: Yep. Brian Coziel, who also of course uh he just teed to green with us here and talks a lot of sabers on sabers post game shows. Brian the sabers are back uh tomorrow and the injury news on Matias Samuelson he's done for the year which I don't know I don't know how how angry sabers fans are about the Samuelson contract but the number of times he's been hurt all of a sudden a contract like that to a guy that's hurt as often as he is Looks a little scary, and maybe like, it, it, the Sabres have been very active in getting guys locked up for long, long-term deals, and you know, you don't necessarily get a chance to find out how durable a guy is if you're signing so early in their career, and here's Samuelson who has had big issues with staying healthy, and he's got a lot of years left, I guess to fix it, um, overcome it, however you want to say it. It's it's not a good thing going on for the Sabres right now in that contract.
2: I think I saw that he hasn't played more than 50. He hasn't gotten to the 55 game mark in any season yet. I know it's still a young career for him, but it seems like he definitely is developing a, a, a pattern of finding ways to be out of the lineup. Obviously, you know, it's not anything intentional at this at, in terms of his decision making out on the ice. He plays a tough, rugged game. That's part of the attraction of him, but he does find a way to get hurt. And um, when he came out of it, when he kind of missed a couple of shifts, after his last sequence in his last game, we thought it was because of all those blocked shots. But he ended up coming back and and finished the game. And then later to find out his surgery or his injury was upper body, like it didn't quite make sense. Um, He went suddenly from day to day to out for the season. Um, The injury news with that team this year has obviously been kind of confusing the whole time. But but Samuelson, it is concerning. I mean, this is a guy that you put a seven-year-plus investment into And he's supposed to be that kind of, you know, really, really dependable, rugged defenseman that you can count on, and it seems as though, like, he just finds ways to get out of the lineup, and it could be just total coincidental quirky stuff, bad luck, all that could go into it, but it's concerning of the fact that he doesn't seem to be maybe as durable as you'd love for a big defenseman to be in that manner. And, you know, you throw that injury in, and you throw the Jack Quinn injury in, and suddenly the... The small bright spot of the Sabres having a, a pretty good January, even though they really haven't gained much into the standings. Like, it really takes a, a big gut punch. Uh, you know, I'll be surprised to see how they react going into this homestand coming out. I mean, that's two key players now. Samuelson, we know last year when he was out, the team's record was horrid mm-hmm. um, to see if they can actually recover from this. I'm not saying the season is over, but it's two pretty big injuries, especially with how good Jack Quinn has been playing. Which had made that line of Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn, uh, I think, been Buffalo's best in line during the last month or so when they've been playing better. So, um, I got a response yesterday from somebody on Twitter after sharing the news about sharing the news about and saying, "Are we better off going backwards now?" I hate to say it, but we're, <laughs> there's only two teams worse in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, it, it's sad that we're having this discussion again, but who knows? We'll see how these next few weeks play out. You know, maybe heading more toward the bottom will be more beneficial. We all know what that means.
1: Yeah, they're right back. They're ten points out. I mean, they've earned that conversation. As you were talking about Samuelson, I would just pulled up the the depth chart and realized, like he he included. Is there a single player on that blue line that's met expectations this year, Brian, for what you would have wanted, despite the fact that they are giving up less goals? <laughs> You go player by player, and I'm not sure like any of them are a good story. I was going to say, like, met expectations. Is it wrong to
0: snarky say Eric Johnson has met expectations for me? Like, right, because they were but, so But low. right, like, who who's having a good year? Darlene goes to the All-Star game, but only as a replacement. I mean, it, right? He takes Thompson's spot. Our... I think,
2: yeah. I mean, Darlene's goal production, I guess you could say, is nice at 13. But his play is definitely not overall. He's a, I think he's a huge reason why the power play has been terrible. Um Eric Johnson's helped the penalty kill. I'm i I'm reaching here to try to
1: yeah right. yeah, right.
2: To not say anybody. But no, I mean power hasn't to to me has not looked as good as he did last year. Samuelson's been in and out so much. It's hard to say that he's gone up any anyway. Um, I guess Yoki Haryu's been okay, mm. but I mean, yeah, I, I think if you want to collectively as a group say the defense has been a big disappointment, I think it's very, very fair to say, for sure. Brian Coziel
0: in the Western Hotline. Brian, what's the golf schedule going forward? What do we got next? Waste management, right? It's yeah, a big one. Week,
2: yes. Yep, this week the Phoenix Open, Waste Management Open, and this is where, you know, you go from the uh, the nice ocean front shots of Pebble Beach and, and the, the tradition and all that's, you know, good about the game with the views. Now you go to the rowdy party this week, you know, with Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fans lining up at 4 a.m. to run in to get in, and the 16th hole will be a, a mob scene, and we'll have some rowdiness to it for sure. Um, yeah, this is an event where you know on tour, this is probably the, the rowdiest event of the season, and some of the players love it, and some you know the viewers obviously love love watching it too. It's it's uh, it's the most biggest attended event too of the PGA Tour season in terms of crowds and spectators. And that 16th hole every year turns more and more into almost like a dome in terms of how they set yeah. it up uh, with the stadium effect. So, yeah, that's this week. It's an elevated event again. Okay. So you're going to see all the big names um, that have been playing, uh, you know, in these big events like we saw last week at Pebble Beach uh, that will be playing this week. Um, and, you know, the next really – the biggest event upcoming after this is the Players' Championship in mid-March. So uh, we're less than a month oh, – or about a month away from that coming up at Sawgrass. Very good.
0: Thank you, Brian. Okay, guys, thanks. Have a good week. Brian Coziel on uh, all three things. Waste management open coming up on Pebble Beach Pro-Am and Wyndham Clark there who had the 60 and uh, a little bit of Sabres chatter as they get back. You know, Darlene, right, (laughs) another contract, $11 million a year for Darlene. He goes to the the, uh, All-Star game, gets picked by Team McDavid. Like You know, cool moments for Dalene, but he's only there as a replacement for Thompson. As you ask what Sabres defenseman has met expectations this year, what Sabres player has.
1: You've got a couple that have exceeded Paterka and like, U- Uka Pekalukinen, and like Zach Benson, just because he's here still. Like, yeah. it's tough. That's that's the that's the whole list. It's two guys, <laughs> right? Two guys. Dahlen. He meant real quick. He mentioned like how he, he's hurt the power play. I haven't even thought of that this year as like him being a potential reason why the power play stepped back. He had twenty six power play assists last year. He's got nine on the season this year.
0: Yeah. Special teams got a lot better in January. It's one of the reasons the Sabres started to play a lot better. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. 803-0550. Sal at 7. We'll talk to him about the Bills uh, coaching, maneuvering, what they've done with their defensive staff, and uh, you know if anything else is on the horizon. It is, of course, Super Bowl week. Chiefs and 49ers on the way from Las Vegas on Sunday. You can join us. Give us a call if you'd like. 803-0550. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.